Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Green light on Premier Racing time once again, counting down to the Meadows. Metropolitan Premier Racing in Melbourne, Saturday the 21st of May tomorrow night. And what a terrific program of Metro Racing. We're hot off the back of a, a wonderful result Thursday night at Sandown Park. The RSN 927 Sandown Cup. And credit has to be given here to, uh, to Dustin Drew and the whole Drew family, obviously, uh, Dusty's dad passed away not too long ago, Ray. So it was a, a sad but such a, a wonderful result for the uh, the Drew Kennel. And, and no doubt Ray would have been looking down on, on Sandown Park as Untapped sailed home to win an incredible Group 1. Wow, she's fast, extraordinary, and Rapaki rocks almost as impressive. So a terrific night of racing. We head across Melbourne, jump on the freeway, and we're off to the Meadows for a, a strong program of Saturday night racing, 12 on the card. We're going to have a chat with Jared Fry a bit later on with the Inside Info segment. So not just tips for the uh, the Greys this week. We'll get a couple at Flemington as well over the weekend. So gamble responsibly. Winners are plenty on the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast this week. Run of the week. Run of the week time now from last Saturday night's meeting at the Meadows. And it was a pretty even night of racing. A couple of grade five heats over the 600, which were very, very strong. But it was a bit later on in the program. Shimmer Pearl, who caught my eye, working really hard from box number eight, sat outside of the kennel mate Jet Legger and powered clear uh, in the concluding stages. Set racing Shimmer Pearl on the outside of Fraction Scale. Way fast there, Jet Legger. Coming across there, Shimmer Pearl from out wide, followed by Nell Bale as they turn to the back. And the leader nicely clear was Icarus Bale. Getting away in the leader's Jet Legger. Jet Legger's about four or five lengths out in front. Round the outside of Shimmer Pearl. Up on the inside fence there, Nell Bale. They'll followed by Quinlan Bale. Again, then a Rio Baskin Bell violin on the trail. And the Icarus Bale coming to the turn. Jet Legger about three out in front. Shimmer Pearl is winding up down the outside with a good run now. Shimmer Pearl dashed up. Hit the front and won it from Jet Legger. Very, very nice finish. Shimmer Pearl running down Jet Legger. I thought the run of Jet Legger was pretty impressive as well in defeat. Went 1770 down the back, which is absolutely flying. So might be worth uh, black booking both Shimmer Pearl and Jet Legger as two greyhounds to follow from last week's Meadows meeting. Saturday's preview. Saturday night preview of the Meadows, and I think we've got a couple of winners. It looks not a, an easy program to find a few, but I'm confident we've got a couple in there. Race one to kick off at 6.38. I'm with number two, especially rare. Comes down from New South Wales, uh, straight to town over 600 metres. So that's obviously been the plan there for I'm on each way. Race two, I thought the seven and the eight. The winner probably will come from out wide. Modern Kalinda and Banella Bandit. I'm willing to play them both uh, as a win proposition there. Race three on with four Corborn Roses. No luck last time out. Can make amends in what looks a winnable metropolitan race. The fourth event, one of the better bets of the night, Fernando's Quest. Should be able to run them along from box one and take some catching. Race five, the GRV Vic Bread Series final. I'm with number two, Exalted. Now, I know the Pursudos have a very big rap on this chaser. He's drawn well down near the inside. We are going to chat with Jared Fry, the owner of Cordius Rico, shortly regarding his charger and that outstanding run, 29.76, she produced in her heat run. Race number six, I'm with eight, McInerney. I just think he loves that space early. Might be able to get it from out wide. Race seven, fifth grade final over the 600. I'm with number seven, Ariane Bale. 
race number eight. I'm with one Amron Boy. Just think he's drawn to win again. When he gets the inside, he's, he's an absolute machine. 29.60 PB. So he should be just about winning this. I think the Ennis Camp will have a double. Race nine, I'm with number two. Wrote the script. I think if Jetlegger can show that early speed from last week, uh, the Czechs is going to get a nice trail and might just prove a bit too strong late. And the last three races, I'm with one. Quinlan Bale in race 10. Race 11, it is number two, Javi. And race 12, I'm with number one, Roxy Uzo. Punters Punting Club. Well, it is Punters Punting Club time now, looking at the Meadows. And I'm going to go with, uh, look, it's a tough one to try and sort out and find a little bit of value. I did like... Uh, exalted on the each way, but I'm going to play a multi. I know I just break the rules consistently. Race four, number one, Fernando's Quest, into race eight, number one, Amron Boy to win. Uh, I'll have the $50 on that multi. I think that might be the way to go. Well, I've let Corey off this week with a pretty easy week, but I still wanted his best bet for the Punters Club. Welcome, Corey. Can you give us those, a best bet and a Punters Club, please? I tell you what, Jimmy boy, I would not miss the punters punting club for anything. You know, it's my absolute favourite segment on a podcast. So I just thought I'd jump back in and uh, and make sure I did this one. But race five, number two, exalted for the prosciutto camp. Four from five. The one blip was at Sandown in a in a, in a stronger race. It's fair to say. And twenty nine ninety four here last start at the Meadows. I think there's a bit of improvement to come in that first split. I think he can go down to about five ten, maybe even a little bit quicker. And I think that's good enough to win here. So hopefully we can hold the lead or go very, very close to it. And hopefully we get about $3 and I will have $50 the win on it. You haven't been able to convert me to an each way punter just yet, Jimmy boy. But uh, I'm pretty confident here. Exalted. Four from five. I think it'll make it five from six. Oh, he's very good, Corey. Thanks a lot for that. I'm going to let you in on a little bit of a secret here, punters. That was pre-recorded because Corey had to take off to uh, to relax and unwind after a busy week. And he's gone to the footy here. So... That's the reason why we got that uh, that poxy little recording from Corey this week. But uh, And it was half my fault too because I had to record a bit later. But we'll let him off. Uh, I think he's on to something though with, uh, with number two, Exalted. Looks a, a big player in race number five. Inside Info. Well, it's a little bit unique. It's a bit of a special version of Inside Info this week as we look toward the Meadows, Saturday the 21st of May. And... Well, normally we're speaking to, to somebody who is just a Greyhound participant, but this time I've delved through the form guide and, and found uh, a jockey who's up and about absolutely flying at the moment. And to add to that, he's got a runner that he owns racing at the Meadows tomorrow. And I speak of Jared Fry, who's been good enough to jump on the podcast. And Jared, how are you, mate? I, I had a look through your stats. You're up and about, which is good news. Yeah, mate, I'm, I'm well, thanks. Um, yeah, no, I think touch wood, things are going well. Mate, before we get on to Cordius Rico, who goes around at the Meadows tomorrow night, just chatting about your career as a hoop. You've had three listed wins, placed in a Group 3, 88 wins this year, which is your best year since you've been involved. And you, you've been around the uh, the game for some time as a jockey, but uh, just looking at the stats, it looks like you're really starting to, to, to move forward, I suppose, this year. Yeah, I, I sort of always have good numbers each season, but just probably... Um, lack the full support of a big stable. Like I've always sort of got um, the sort of third and fourth stringers from them, but Lindsay Smith sort of really jumped on board and um, backed me like 110%. And um, I get majority of his rides and um, 
that's really pumped the numbers up and the and obviously because he's got good quality, it's um, pumped the strike rate up as well. I was going to say, mate, the strike rate for he in particular is quite good, isn't it? When you combine, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think. I think like even like our play strike rates that like someone was telling me the other day it's like seventy percent or something, which is really good. That's extraordinary. And I was just looking to your last fifty starts, twenty percent winning strike rates. So not only on inside info we're we getting the greyhound form. We know just to jump on whatever on whatever you're on at the moment, Jared Fry. Not what I'm on because if I was on a horse, it would go backwards. That's for sure. Hey, <laughs> let's before we chat about the greys. You've got a, a pretty big day tomorrow at Flemington. You've got three in a. A bit of a favourite, I'd assume, of yours. Uh, Milton Park goes around in a sprint. He may need further hard questions and a, and a nice one too, Valu. What do you What do you make of the three racing tomorrow? Yeah, I think um, hard questions. Probably on the wet track the other day, he ran he ran well enough, but I reckon um, it'll probably be a bit firmer and it'll be like he had blinkers on first time last time. So I think he'll um, he's a, he's a good uh, each way chance and. Milton Park, uh, yeah, as you said, like he's a favourite of mine. I won the Sale Cup on him and the Furphy Plate Melbourne Cup day at Flemington. So, um, but he he actually pulled out a good um, fresh run last start over um, a short trip. So he might he might be a sneaky one. And um, Tuvalu, well, yeah, he's he's a class runner. He's got no weight on his back, and uh, yeah, they um, they'll have to be on the ball to beat him. He's got no weight on his back because you're uh, you're not eating dinner tonight. Is that right? Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Mate, it's it's a challenging job. You're riding fifty three tomorrow with uh, with Tuvalu. Just on Milton Park, you won a race on that special first Tuesday in November. Can you explain what it feels like to be a border horse who takes out a race on Melbourne Cup Day? Um, it, it's it is it is quite. You sort of um, you try and sort of take it all in, but the moment. Um, like because obviously like there's a lot of people and a lot of people have had a few too many drinks and um yeah like I'd, I've ridden on Melbourne Cup Day before but hadn't been lucky enough to ride a winner until um, Milton Park come along and um no it was it was a really good feeling. The comparison of being a jockey on board a horse winning a race anywhere to being an owner of a greyhound, how would you explain the similarities that there are any? Oh, I find it very frustrating because obviously the horse I'm in control and I can steer it. And, and if the dog makes a wrong move, I'm like, oh, no. So it'll be frustrating to watch when they don't go for the inside run. You're sitting there going, well, this is your moment. You've got to pull the reins, hook to the outside, and a dog like Rico Boldy just won't go around them. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So. Mate, your involvement in greyhound racing, where where did that begin with? Um, so I used to catch them. Um, when I was 14 um, after the races and um, brother and I saved up our catcher money. We had a few dogs um, always. And then I, when I was 16, I started my apprenticeship with Weary and I sort of was that busy and focused on becoming a jockey. I, I kept following the dogs but didn't have any and then uh, it wasn't until I sort of oh, a few years ago um, I thought I'm going to get back into this and uh, called Paul Wheeler and bought Rico Bale and then um, yeah she she was like goldmine producer for us and it's all now I've got the farm set up and we've got all the dogs here and it's just 
been a big flow-on effect. And we're seeing a lot more of that, I think, with uh, people from the other codes, whether it be thoroughbreds or, or harness racing. I speak of Campbell Rewilla, who's another who's who's a jockey at the moment, who's having that outlet, I guess, with, with Greyhound Racing and being able to get away from the, the thoroughbred racetrack and just do something different. Yeah, that's right. And obviously, the prize money for what it costs um, with the dogs is very, very rewarding. Like, the amount it costs, like to have a horse in training per day as to like with the dogs, once they're racing, it's 50-50 and like sort of even the, the like break-in and pre-training like might be like 150 a week or whatever it is. It's not that much in comparison to the prize money that even if they are just fair, they can still um, give you a lot of fun along the way and make, and make their money back. And you said a moment ago you've now set up a greyhound farm. So obviously there's a bit of a long-term plan to get really serious and, and maybe even grow the, the numbers in the, in the greyhound game. Is, is that the long-term plan? And are you planning on juggling both, being a jockey and, and getting more and more involved in greyhound racing? Oh, well, I'm very lucky my wife. Uh, <laughs> she does the uh, majority of the dog stuff um, while I'm always out riding and getting home late, even though she works full-time. But... Um, like we just have sort of one, sometimes two litters a year at the moment. Um, but maybe once I finish, well, once I finish riding, then we might, um, beef up the numbers a little bit. It's exciting times, mate. And it could all start with, uh, potentially tomorrow night. You spoke of Rico Bale, who's been a really good producer for you. You've now got Cordius Rico. And when you go through her form, she won last start in the Meadows 29.76. Now, I circle that with my pen, mate, and I say that that's a ready-made broody. So, A, you must have been excited with what she did last week. And you must be excited with, you know, potentially the months ahead. And maybe she could even get over more ground and be a really nice 600-plus type of dog. Yeah, that's right. Um, she's a nice size bitch too. Like she's twenty nine thirty kilos, which is always good as to have as a brew bitch. But um, she just the only thing like the kink in her armor is she she just begins so poorly. And um, like you'll see every time she's drawn three or inside, like she's only I think she's only finished out of the top three once. And when she draws out and begins a bit slow like she she needs a lot of luck so i was a bit i was a bit disappointed when i saw the box draw but um as you know anything can happen in a dog race how do you how do you see the race playing out she's drawn out wide uh, at the meadows not always an easy assignment do you think the best chance for her is to just miss the hop find the rail somehow and and do her best work from there well yeah like i think if she has a clear run like she she ran three three to four lengths better, quicker than any of the other runners in the heat. So she's obviously the class runner, but she'll just need she'll just need luck in running more than anything else. Now, what does Jared Fry do when uh, when there's no greyhounds or no horse racing? Is there something that you love to do? Are you a keen golfer? Do you like going to the movies? What do you do to get away from it all? <laughs> no. If I, if I have a day off, which is very, very rare, <laughs> I, just, I just poke around with the dogs because... Uh, as I said, most of the time my wife uh, does does all the all, all the slave labour, and uh, I get to reap the rewards. So no, if I, I I sort of um, even like she's got a couple of horses that um, she does 
like bit of dressage on and all that. So um, obviously because I ride horses for a living, I can go out there with her and help her out and, uh, you know, help sail them up. And if they're being a bit naughty, because obviously I'm used to riding all types of horses, I can help her out. But um, no, we've got a really good balance of um, our life and our hobbies together and uh, no, I'm very lucky. I was going to ask what your favourite food is, but I thought that might have been a bit unfair seeing as you're trying to get down to 53 <laughs> for Flemington tomorrow. But is there a race you'd love to win as a jockey and as a Greyhound participant? I'm, I'm thinking maybe, Jazz, a, a double, mate. A Melbourne Cup double might be something on the radar. Yeah, well, it's funny. As as you were asking me that question, I thought I'd, I'd love to win the Melbourne Cup as a jockey and as a dog owner, obviously... The million dollar chase is worth more, but the prestige of like the Melbourne Cup being around for so long, um, and being and being a Victorian, I, I'd love to win. I'd love to win a Melbourne Cup. How have you seen the like the Everest in the thoroughbreds? Obviously, the million dollar chase—they're very similar races. They're the they're the big numbers. They haven't got the prestige of a of a Melbourne Cup in particular with the thoroughbreds and also the greyhounds. How, how have you seen what they've done in New South Wales with these you know big dollar races? Um, I think more than anything else, they're not so much a cash grab, but they're just to um try try and like obviously draw attention with the big money, and when when there's big money, you're going to pull um quality animals there to race, which is what they want to do. But um, yeah, I'll probably I'll probably it's not so much about the money to me it's more like the sentimental value and like the melbourne cup being around for so long and i even remember the kids going all the time and um yeah i'd, I'd, I'd love to win a melbourne cup well mate you're not the only one i think uh, i'd love to uh, to win a melbourne cup as well but it definitely won't be as a jockey for me that's for sure hey jared i appreciate your time <laughs> mate on the green light on premier racing podcast good luck at, at flemington tomorrow tuvalu the best of the three yeah, mate. Yep. Mate, you've been a jet. So much inside info. Winners are plenty. We can't wait to see how they go. And, and good luck in the saddle tomorrow, firstly, and then off to the Meadows tomorrow night as well. No worries. Thanks for having me on, mate. And that puts the line through another episode of the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. I'm almost losing count, but that has to be one of the best. Jared Fry giving inside info left, right and centre. I think we're in for a pretty good weekend, punters. Gamble responsibly. Have some fun. Until next time, safe travelling and happy bunting.